Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Love, Life and Loss. This week, Lily continues her story and tells us about her pregnancy after having a miscarriage and what that was like for her. We talk about the complications she experienced and the impact this had on her and her family as she continues her story. So please join us. you found out you were pregnant well actually it was a really weird feeling because that is what I'd wanted all this time and every month I checked my ovulation you know and and we weren't trying for a baby so without going into too much detail we weren't trying or I was trying trying. (laughs) exactly um and I didn't feel too um, (laughs) I didn't feel you got honey trapped Um, I didn't feel too guilty about it because by then he was like, yes, okay, in the next... I didn't feel too guilty about it. long, <laughs> we'll try for a baby. I'm just not going to listen. I won't tell him. <laughs> oh, we must have missed that one. Never mind. You have to listen to somebody else's story. Um, yeah, so um, I found out I was pregnant again. And at the time, it was just after Zion had passed. Okay, yeah. It was literally about yeah. a week after. Yeah. It was, and and, and yeah, I had, the, the day that I realised, I had ridden my bike here so that I could drink with you. <laughs> and uh, and I did do that. I rode on my bike and on, my, on the way, when I was going down. I remember when you came on your bike, actually. My boobs are hurting when I was going down curbs and stuff. And I was <laughs> like, I don't really think about it too much. And then on the way back, I was like, no, my boobs are definitely hurting when I'm going up and down curbs. And I literally stopped on my bike, pulled my T-shirt open and looked down and was like, holy fuck, I think I might be pregnant. And then I got home. I think I went past the shops so that I could get, I did. I went past the shops and I bought a pregnancy test and I didn't tell George. <laughs> like I do. I mean, I'm in that. Like I've done, yeah. <laughs> and then I obviously was pregnant. And I remember he was in the garage doing something and I just went in and said, I'm really sorry. That's how you started. I'm really I'm sorry. really sorry, but I'm pregnant. And uh, and I just burst out crying because it had been such an emotional time with you and Zion. And it just felt so emotionally charged. And it felt like the worst time, really. And it, oh, I'm I just, sorry for that. No, I don't want you to be sorry. <laughs> no, no, but I don't, you know, it it's wasn't, a time when you should be happy, not sad. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that I felt, it was just so emotionally charged in every way. It was just like, and it was COVID. Yeah. It was in the middle of COVID. George wasn't working. It was right, it was basically the beginning of the pandemic. It was right at the beginning. Lockdown even. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, fuck me, this is like, it just felt so... I just I felt scared I think as well probably my previous trauma with the, watching just, everybody else else's trauma. You well. yeah like I was absolutely shitting myself and I didn't tell you for a while for obvious reasons uh that was horrible um because I felt like I was like lying but I didn't I definitely didn't want to tell you two weeks after you'd lost your own baby yeah so um but then again, 
everything was kind of normal. I had a normal pregnancy. Mm. Everyone was happy. George was happy. Everybody was happy. Families were happy. This time around, did it feel different though? It did. You said before, it wasn't all so happy at no. the beginning. So. Like George was still shitting himself. Yeah. Obviously. Like any new parent would. Yeah, yeah. He was still shitting himself, but he did a really good job at holding it down this time. <laughs> He knew he learned his lesson. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. And um, and so well, I think maybe that I think actually, maybe in retrospect, the miscarriage, even though he didn't he didn't want to have a baby, I think the miscarriage maybe re- made him realise that he did want to have children, definitely, yeah. because he felt sad. Yeah. And that's know. when we spoke about it afterwards and you know, he said to me that he felt guilt. He felt like it was his fault. And he said he felt sad about it. So, and he said, and it was it took him by surprise. Yeah. Because he'd been shitting himself so much that he actually had never considered that he might feel sad if something happened. Because yeah, we take it for granted, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, That something yeah. can happen until something does happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I was just very, very anxious and cautious and, you know, kind of just worried and I was like when George shelled out so much money paying for private scans it was an actual joke <laughs> I had so many private scans but then interesting like it, it? it was ridiculous <laughs> I had them all at the time I, mean, I had extra scans and I think you was having more than me <laughs> oh, I was having way more than you it was crazy <laughs> but you know what was really funny is that I really felt I was really because this was my actual full first pregnancy after tw- 12 years. Yeah. Um, I was way more in tune with my body because I was much older and so much had happened. To I guess and you're probably listening more. Yes. And so I really felt every like all the, you know, the twangy, horrible feelings. And I was like, I don't fucking remember this like feeling. This it, is not it was what, 23? Yeah. When you had your first, I mean, just like that's. When you're young like that, they just oh, you just breathe, you're just breathing <laughs> yeah, along, like, like pregnant, pregnant, you don't even notice. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whereas this time you're like, oh, oh, everything. Yeah. So then, when I was like, I think we were maybe eight, 17, 18 weeks, we decided to go for another private scan, another and one. another one, probably about the sixth one, literally. And um, we went at that time so that we could find out the sex, and. We brought Caleb knowing that he might not be able to come in, but he wanted to wait with the dog in the car so that he could find out, you know, like as soon as he could, because he couldn't come in. George could because it was a private scan. Actually, in the hospitals, you couldn't take your partner at that time, which is absolutely ridiculous. If Mm. you think about all the poor women that were going through losses that would, you know. Yeah going through I think that's why well that's why they changed it didn't they yeah so yeah people could take their partners because so many people had to experience bad news on, on their, their own. own I mean you lived it yeah do you know what I mean like yeah well, Marlon didn't even get to meet his son I know so. I know it's crazy when you think back to it's crazy um but yeah so then we um and so I had this scan and immediately I could see that something wasn't right and I was about 16 or 17 weeks and I could see that it was a boy that was obvious mainly because his testicles were fucking huge <laughs> <laughs> like huge like you could see like this golf ball, like yeah they're huge bigger than a golf ball in, in like in proportion to the rest of his body 
and um and the guy was I was like what is that why what is that and he was like I don't know I don't know what that is and he was like look we're gonna refer you to the hospital here's your scan pictures here's everything that I can you know take from this scan measurements blah 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 you need to go back to your midwife and interestingly my community midwife was another one of my very close friends that I'd grown up with yeah yeah yeah. so I sent her the picture and she was like I don't know what that is and uh, everybody was literally fucking stumped so I went to the early pregnancy unit I saw the consultants there multiple consultants nobody knew what it was they um referred me to Luton Dunstable I went over there saw a really experienced doctor who was really good and she said we don't know what it is we think it's a hydrocele but it's really big and so she was like you're gonna need to come back like every two weeks or whatever so that's what I did I went back every two weeks and it didn't get any bigger but I had to go in the meantime for like MRIs because they wanted to make sure that it wasn't a tumor and I was thinking fucking hell what is it with me and pregnancies? Why scary. are they so traumatic? But yet so Literally. normal. Yeah, last time it was you with the, with the lump. Yeah, yeah, I know. But yet so normal, like no sickness. No, obviously you feel like half dead for the first 12 weeks and then you'll get back to life. But nothing else other than these weird things. Yeah, they're still quite major things. Yeah, but they are major, but they're just so like, it's just so weird. Um, so that yeah anyway they just kept monitoring it they found out that it wasn't a um a tumor I was doing absolutely shit tons of research on it because the, what was different about the hydrocele itself was a it was huge b it had these little flecks in it like little um s- solid flecks tiny little flecks in it and they were they were like is that we don't know what that is they, they were they were oh, stumped okay. by that and I in I trained as a pediatric nurse many moons ago and so because of that I kind of had some idea of the kind of things to to look at and the kind of things to bypass with regards to the quality of the research, the research that yeah. you do I'm and I could I could with some with some studying work out the jargon and things like that so I was reading you know proper medical articles from the British uh, Medical Journal and things like that and I did come across one article that and I wish I'd saved it because I couldn't I could not find it again afterwards um that I know so typical that said something about the specs well there was a a baby with this and had the specs in it and it said that it was meconium and when I mentioned it to my consultant who's really experienced over at L&D she was like no no, I don't think that is what it is. But it was solidified, like calcified okay. meconium that I'd read about. And she was like, no, no. I mean, she was like, I mean, I can't rule it out. But I don't think it's that. And I was like, fine, fine. They don't really like you doing your own research. No, of course they don't. They Although it. I tried to come across like, look, I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, I just, I can't, like, I'm staying up late at night doing this because I can't sleep. I'm worried about it. Anyway which you were I was really worried about it yeah and so every two three weeks I was going back having scans and then they were you know just watching it and making sure it was all right and then um they booked me in for an induction uh two weeks I was 38 weeks 
so two weeks before I was due. I went, had an induction. It was all really simple, easy. I was already two centimetres dilated, but I wasn't in any pain. Broke my waters, nothing really happened. Had a little whiff of the hormone drip, like literally 10 minutes. And then the contractions started coming thick and fast. And I had him within a few hours, just, um, you know, naturally. Yeah. And it was really nice. It was just really, I mean, it, obviously it was horrible. But at the same time, like it wasn't, it was really painful and horrible, but it was really calm at the same time yeah it was totally different to the first time put it that way I think because I was more in control I remember the first time being absolutely petrified I thought I was going to die because I thought it was very dramatic the first time it was but also I thought there's no way that a human person can be in this much pain and survive that was my thought process didn't even know she studied in the future i thought i was gonna die of pain that's what i thought Bless. you was 23 though i was only her. 23 but i was fresh out of my nurse training so but i literally that was my thought i was thinking no this is not normal like this is way more painful than anyone's ever ever explained but that's yeah. another that's another thing about pregnancy people don't talk about the bad things no, they, so they don't. don't talk about the pain no, and what it's don't. like after you've had a baby and how yeah. comfortable oh. it is like I, that was the thing I remember when I first gave birth and oh, I was like whoa horrible. what is this like why do I feel like this yeah, why did yeah. nobody not one person tell me about this like yeah yeah like and, and even though you bled after you had yeah. a baby no one talks about it oh Why? sorry man i should have told yeah, you yeah you should have because i was like for but six I, weeks. did i did i tell you to pour water down as you were going for a wee with a jug Somebody uh, yeah you, you yeah. might have done i think a few people told me that though yeah, because yeah. i had the stitches yeah yeah uh, you i think it was you that bought me the ring and i could sort of sit on yeah, it because yeah. of my, my ass and my piles was so bad <laughs> no i never really had piles i was lucky in that sense oh i've had them awful yeah i did and i just had one stitch and he came out and he was fine but i mean george said when he saw him being delivered that he thought he had a third leg <laughs> because the hydrocele was fucking huge like it was so big it was so big it was bigger than if you picture just to try and give the listeners a an image a visual if you picture a a baby's tiny little butt cheeks yeah Yeah. a newborn baby's tiny little butt cheeks it was probably almost the size of both of his butt cheeks it was huge and that's why they induced me because they were worried that if he got too big, because he was measuring quite big on the scans, he actually was only, I can't remember, well, that's bad, isn't it? Seven, eight, something like that. He was quite big, considering it was two weeks early. Oh, I think it was maybe seven, I can't remember. That's bad, I don't remember how much. I, to be fair, I don't actually remember how much my last one made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all a blur. Um, and then... Guessing it. Yeah, it must have been. <laughs> And then he, and then he, we, he was okay, but he was okay. They weren't too worried about it. He was on me and he fed immediately, like, like a gannet immediately, like found, you know, latched on really nicely. But then, and, and my, as I said, my, one of our closest friends delivered him and then she went off mainly because she hadn't had a break yet. Hmm. And, um, and the lights were dim and it was just me, George and Charlie and George looked like, a rabbit in the headlights because he was so petrified about this massive thing hanging off his perfect baby whereas I wasn't I I mean I was but I was expecting it I knew it was coming you'd be more happy yeah and from a medical point of view 
like I I felt like he was healthy yeah you know and that the, they weren't too worried about him but then he started grunting like eh, eh, as he was breathing and George said to me oh listen to the cute little noises he's making and I was like mm, I don't think that that's normal press the button and then the doctors came down and then they were like no we need to take him to neonates he's grunting so then they rushed him off <laughs> they rushed him off to neonates sorry, like <laughs> sorry yeah it did well, it did they were it was so weird because I they were like they came in and I was in this like weird like euphoric state yeah like you were when you just had a baby yeah yeah so I was kind of like it was almost like oh it was like I was stoned or something but you have been on the gas network yeah before. I had yeah and then so I think I'd gone to the toilet or something when they were checking him over I don't know but then when I came back my friend our friend said to me go and get in the shower they've taken him up to neon neonates or they're taking him up to neonates I think at that point and it was just like there was a lot of people. It wasn't like a mad rush because he was breathing, but like they were like, we need to give him some oxygen because, you know, we need to, and his sats were slightly low, obviously, because he was grunting and struggling. And I think actually in retrospect, it was just because he was born so quickly because the doctor said to me, normally they're in your birth canal for a long time and they're getting squeezed and squeezed okay. and squeezed. And so all the fluid on their lungs is loosening up and getting squeezed out. You know how, you know how okay. in America they, they, they go and, suck out the I know that. yeah they do they've got a little sucker you know like a nose sucker and they oh, put yeah. it in their mouth and suck all the yeah they don't oh. do that here and so in the birth canal they're there for such a long time normally that it just squeezes them and squeezes them and it squeezes the fluid out whereas for him he was just like yeah <laughs> yeah it was literally I was in established labor for like two hours That's so cool. it was really quick yeah um and so I think it was oh, just well, you should know from then I know <laughs> it was I know he's always in a rush so impatient <laughs> so yeah anyway he kept and they went off to neonates and then by the, when I got up there he was screaming he was absolutely screaming and I'm still to this day adamant that that's got something to do with how impatient and like frantic he can get because <laughs> sorry this is sorry so he'd gone up to neonates. This is that's not true. He went up to neonates. He had a bit of um, gas and air, and he was sleepy, and he just slept. And we cuddled him, and we held him, and whatever. And he fed on me, and he was fine. And then they took him off the gas, the um, oxygen, oxygen. And then they said, "You, he's okay. You can take him downstairs." So I stayed the night with him downstairs on the ward. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, and then I, um, and we had a lovely, like, night, and he was, you know, just a newborn baby, so he was awake quite a lot. He wasn't really screaming, and and he was just really quite chill and just so lovely. And then, but then he started doing this, thing but it didn't feel like he was grunting when the doctors came around to do their morning rounds I said oh, I don't know if he's in pain like okay. he's like he was a bit fractious mm. and he was making this noise and they were like mm, yeah we're not happy and they went and they took him for a scan and then they were like oh you come up in a minute and so I had a quick shower and went up there and that's when he was had been screaming I think because in that time, 
I can't remember. It's all just such a blur. But he was screaming anyway one of the top occasions when I got up. He was screaming. All very traumatic, though, isn't it? He's yeah. had a baby. You and she'd nice given him a dummy, and, and he was sucking on it so frantically. And I was like, I need to, I need to feed him. Um, and they were like, no, you can't because we're going to send you to Addenbrooke's and we're going to aspirate. They aspirate his stomach. They. What had, does that mean? They like sucked all of the like the. Um, What's the milk called that comes out first? Oh, I can't remember. I know what you mean. Yeah. They sucked that out of his own? Yeah, yeah. What little bit that he had in there. Why? They Because they thought they were going to have to perform surgery on him. They thought he had a hernia. Oh, okay. So then he was, like, screaming. And I couldn't really, I couldn't do anything. Because he was, like, had all these children, nasogastric tubing up his nose. Oh. And it was absolutely horrible. And then um, I know I couldn't. So he'd spent a whole night with me, and obviously I didn't listen. Whenever the nurse, whenever the midwife came in, she was like, "You need to put him in the cot," and I was like, mm-hmm, "Yeah, I will in a minute. I'm just feeding him." <laughs> and then he'd just stay next to me <laughs> the whole time. I was just like, "Yeah." Each time she was like, "You need to put him in the cot." I was like, "Yeah, I know. It's all right. Don't worry." <laughs> I'm a fully grown woman. Yeah, I know. Like He's not coming in his cot. Staying next to me. <laughs> because it's a newborn baby um so um yeah he just spent the whole I just couldn't help but feel like you know he spent the whole time with me like the whole 24 hours after he'd been born and then he was just snatched away and like needles put in him oh yeah his tiny little hands so horrible and when they were doing it I had to walk away like Mm -hmm. I had to do you know what it was on the neonatal ward so I had to walk away and there was a tiny baby in one of the incubators on on its own in this like room and obviously it wasn't on its on its own because there was nurses and stuff around but I just remember having to like look at them and think like don't be overly dramatic (laughs) about this do you know what I mean like it could be so much worse because that baby's tiny and has got tubes and everything coming out from everywhere and like I just stopped being so melodramatic but I was absolutely devastated I was sobbing. Yeah, but well, that's awful. I remember Molly went to hospital when he was two and a half weeks and they yes. put injections in him and do that lumbar oh, puncher. Oh, it was horrible. I'd, I just, I never, I had to leave the room every time. I couldn't yeah, do it. I couldn't. Well, they actually asked me to leave the room because it's, they they? Know, yeah, it's, it's not nice for a parent to watch. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, Even when they're bigger, it's not nice. But as a tiny newborn baby. Oh, that's scary. And they scream because it's no, yeah, you know. Scream. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's horrible. Not what you want. No. So then we got to Addenbrooke's. So he got blue lighted to Addenbrooke's. We had to follow, not follow because he was blue lighted, but you know, we had to just come behind in the car. That was horrible because we set off before them and then we saw the ambulance go past blue lighting. Yeah. It was, that was horrible. That must have been panicking. Yeah. Oh, it's just horrible. so horrible. So horrible. And then we got there and then it was all like this rush, 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 rush onto the ward, rush, rush loads of doctors and nurses it was a Friday night by this time and lit, what I hadn't realized is that there's no fucking doctors on the weekend yeah. in hospitals just locum doctors yeah. but I never realized that I just thought doctors always work that's all you ever <laughs> read about is that doctors yeah. always work they're never off and then you get there and he's like you have to wait till Monday what so, um, yeah, and then one amazing doctor before she went home, we didn't see her again until the Monday and it was her who discharged us. One amazing doctor said, Lily, tell me what happened. Uh, how was he, you know, like when he was born? And I told her, he stayed with me the night, he fed, 
he did this, he did that. That was all normal. I told her what I didn't feel was normal. And she was like, I think that we should just wait and see what happens. She said, I don't know if he has got a hernia. And um, they looked at the scan from Bedford Hospital where they'd insisted that he did have a hernia. And she was like, mm, I don't think that that is a hernia. And then, um, so then they just, um, we waited and we had, I had a really lovely two days with him just in this like little bubble. I was just, I literally was just thinking that. that it was so, it was like a little, and it was so hot in there as well. It was like a holiday. Because I was in my little shorts and strappy top pajamas, I had quite a few sets of them, and uh, yeah, I was getting my food brought to me because I was nursing. Yes. I mean, it was shit food, but George was absolutely stressed out of his mind. Like, oh, bless him. he, I know, and I was just totally like, <laughs> just, yeah, just chilling. I was just euphoric with my baby, like listening to really lovely music and watching a bit of TV here and there and stuff. And then they came back on the Monday and they were like, um, by this time, like they'd taken one of his cannulas out because it started coming undone. We'd given him a bath. The other one got wet. They took that out. And he just was looking more and more normal. He was just being a normal baby, yeah. really. And so then um, they basically just discharged us. And then I think they scanned him first on the Monday and they were like, yeah, he hasn't got a hernia. And then they discharged us, and then gradually over time, to and throwing to Adam Brooks, they said that that in his um, hydrocele was meconium. So at some point, when he was in my stomach before he was eighteen weeks or whatever, he did have a hernia, hence okay. a perforated bowel. Not necessarily a hernia, but he did have a perforated bowel. And um, that's why the meconium spilled it out into there. Oh, okay. And it's solidified and calcified. Did so you it's ever, like little lumps. Um, see that doctor again in Luton? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. No. I wonder if she ever saw your notes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wonder. See, told you. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and anyway, other than having horrible colic from about the day after we got back from hospital and saying he's so chill George is saying he's so chill he's just like me he's so chill and then we got back about a day later he was like ah! screaming for three hours a night for about the first five months of his life if anyone was ever meet Charlie he is the opposite of chill he is so not chill he is yeah he is very yes. energetic and very inquisitive and very impatient and very vocal <laughs> he likes to be heard. He does like to be heard. He is not an easy to be baby. Fair, like, that's lovely all the kids. My mum's like to be heard. Yeah, they do like to be heard. Um, yeah, so you know, we're very fortunate to have lovely baby. And then, then, um, earlier this year, I did find out that I was pregnant again, and this was a total. I mean, like it was a total accident. Um, and I just, at that point, we're in this tiny little house. Charlie never sleeps. <laughs> he wakes up about five times a night. Um, I just got back to work and was like really enjoying it. And there was new opportunities coming up. And I don't really know if I should talk about this. Am I okay to talk about this? You're okay to whatever you like. It's your story. Um, yeah, well, I just thought it's kind of the flip side of the coin, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So, and it and it's just my reality. And so um, I found out immediately because I didn't come on, even though I'd had period pains a couple of days before. And um, 
I, I just I couldn't do it I was like I can't I could literally it will kill me it the thought of it mate put it this way I think if I'd had Charlie first I never would have had another baby as lovely as he is it has been such hard work it is there's been there was times where I felt like I just was I couldn't enjoy it yeah, it was so yeah. different to the first time. It was, you're, you're not giving yourself credit for all the trauma you had to go through during your pregnancy with Charlie and yes, when he was first born as well. So And his personality. He has a lovely personality. <laughs> yes, Charlie, you have lovely. a lovely personality. When you get you older, do, you, just love you. you do have a lovely But it's not just that, but your emotions would have been heightened from the beginning yeah 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 so um and obviously it's hard for women you have the baby blues you know you got all the hormones yeah yeah so you're you're more emotional anyway yeah yeah well uh, needless to say I was absolutely adamant and uh, acted so quickly that I was able to have a termination via like just a pessary and a couple of tablets that I did at home. But again, like anything to do with me and pregnancy, there has to be some form of trauma, even if it's somebody else's trauma. So I went and you take like a couple of pills, which I did, I think on like the Friday. Um, And then you have to do a pessary at home two days later. So I'd gone and taken these couple of pills on the Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, it was. And then I had a phone call on the Friday morning. I don't even think I'd told anybody. I hadn't, I hadn't told anybody. And our friends, our closest friends, dad was really poorly. And um, one of them, there's there's sisters. One of them rang me on the Friday morning and told me that her dad had died. But unexpectedly. Like he was terminally ill, but it wasn't imminent. No, no one expected. We didn't expect it on that day. Um, and so that was obviously like really, really horrible. And 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 in my the back of my mind, I was thinking, I want to be there. Or it's really fucking (laughs) shit time. time. Right, it was. If I'd known, I would have said, "Don't give me the pills until at least Monday." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I knew I was going to be out for a, a whole day. I knew. I'm, I'm obviously I had a miscarriage before, yeah. so I knew that there was going to be a whole day where I was not going to be able to be there for them. That was fucking horrible, and it was the Saturday, and um, and again I was at home. I was really lucky. George was amazing, and um, you know I felt really guilty, and I felt I, I did feel when it started happening that was triggering. That was the mm-hmm. only time I felt sad. And I was really, really tearful, but only for a very short time because that was all I allowed myself. I was going to say, because that's because you didn't allow yourself. Yeah, I didn't. You didn't even no. allow yourself to even think I about just felt it guilty. because of everything that was going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then, and then after that, and I bounced back really quickly that, I mean, I'm, I can't, I, every, everyone is, you know, entitled to their own opinions on abortion and uh, all of those things um but that for me at that time that was the right thing to do and since then I've secured the job that I've been wanting to do since yeah. before I did my training and it just feels like everything kind of fallen into place really like I it's reassured been lots of things that have happened since that have reassured me that it was the right thing to do and if you were pregnant wouldn't have been options for you it wouldn't have been options but also like st- stressful things like with my eldest son really struggling at school and with his mental health and things like that just 
the the worry mm. about that on top of then me having yeah. another baby and splitting myself three that, ways yeah. yeah being able to give Caleb that that time and focus yeah. on him rather than yeah. being pregnant whilst focusing yeah, on yeah. him because if you, you when you're pregnant no matter how hard you try yeah that's still going to be there I mean we've had financial concerns in during that time which is basically a delayed reaction from covid yeah so and anyway you don't need to justify it you no. made the decision that was right for you and your yeah. family at the time and that was that I did and everything's fallen into place since then and um I'm not suggesting you know I'm not that pro or anything just that was the right thing for me and for my family at that time so that's it and that's and now we're here today and then um, waiting to start my new job in September and I've got my two lovely boys and, and that's it now you, oh, you do want to have any more babies I don't want to have any more babies no, I'm she done. can't cope with any more babies I can't do it I am done I mean apart from anything I'm 37 yeah and it gets harder the older you get yeah and I've just got this new job so and uh, I know that my funding for it is only secured for the first two years so while it's permanent my job is permanent so it wouldn't be you know I wouldn't lose my job or anything yeah, but you might not get the funding secured if you get pregnant yeah 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 and like if I might want to continue I just feel like it's my time now and you know I'll look after my kids and focus on my, my family and my career yeah and it's not just I mean for me personally I am petrified, as you know, of falling pregnant yes. again. Like, I do not want to have any more babies. No. I want my husband to have the snip. Sign so, sealed, uh, yeah. So we don't have any more babies. No accidents, no nothing. <laughs> like, I'm not even getting in the way of any accidents. No, I say, like, I'm it's my, it is literally my worst, biggest fear. But that is be- partly because of the trauma of the pregnancy. It's not about having the baby afterwards. It's about what you have to go through to bring the baby into this yeah. world. It is very traumatic. Mm. very hard and yes. we have to go for a lot you both your pregnancies all of your pregnancies mm. very traumatic mm. so um you know and it's mm. they're not normal things that you could go to oh you know when that time when you when you were pregnant that happened with you like because mm. who else do you know that's had to you know have their sister removed their ovary removed <laughs> well you know when they're pregnant and you know and then their son's got a bloody giant hypercell that no one even knows what it is because it's so big giant balls yeah and massive so, balls sorry charlie but, but yeah so yeah so you done well well done we survived and we're still surviving and we're still surviving we are we're still surviving and striving and you know doing better each day so and you're making the most of it you know that's what counts i think you're not taking for granted the choices you've made and what you've lost and what no. you've gained you're making the most of yeah. it so yeah, well, thank you very much, Lily, for coming thank on you. today and sharing your story. Thank with you, us. and thanks everyone for listening.